What's up guys? Welcome to the Bring Back Board and Pod. This is going to be our first full-length episode, so welcome. Really excited to be doing this. You kind of know the drill, maybe not, but if you're new, uh, what we do is we kind of sit and chat about things we've been thinking about recently, and then we'll also talk about some things that you guys requested we talk about. Today our setting is up in Chautauqua, just outside of Boulder, Colorado, right at the base of the beautiful second flat iron. And yeah, we're going to get into it, so sit back and try to let us bore you. How's life? Life's good. Um, got really nothing to complain about, man. Like chasing a dream of mine, yeah. <laughs> working with you all the time. Yeah. Uh, enjoying the summer. I feel healthy. Feel good. My head's clear. Excited to see some family coming up. Nice. Yeah. How about Going you? to a wedding, right? Yeah. Cool. Cousins. Cousins' wedding. Those are fun. Yeah, Sam. I've been good. Summer's divine. Everyone kind of clears out a boulder. It's super nice. Totally different vibe for a change. I rather like it, actually. It's a little calmer. Feels a lot slower pace. Uh, I've been getting outside a bunch, working with you, which has been fun. Yeah, life's pretty good. Going to the mountains this weekend, so I'm excited. Yeah, like you said, not much, not much to complain about. Yeah. For now. <laughs> Got to enjoy that while it's around. All right, well, um, start off with a... First question, which was, this kind of came up in my head because, like, we work together a lot on stuff, mm -hmm. and and I think we probably think our thought process going through things is probably pretty different. Right. So I wanted to like, kind of discuss um, how we each would approach, like, a certain situation, like down to the detail. Of, yeah. Like what? What is everything we think about? Totally. And it's kind of hard to do that without actually having a scenario. But maybe we could fabricate we can, one. Yeah, we can make one up if we have to. But yeah, it's it's definitely really interesting because like working together every day and then also living together, it's like you can start to notice things about each other. You know, like clearly we don't think exactly the same way. Right. And you really start to notice that after you start working pretty closely yeah. together. So yeah, it's definitely something interesting to investigate. And I think there's but. definitely things that will complement each other. Like, I think you are generally more optimistic about things, and I'll yeah. be more like practical about them. Yeah. And sure. then these two things will kind of come together and be like, then we'll take a practical and optimistic approach to Absolutely. something, which is kind of the best <laughs> best yeah, way. Yeah, no, I could definitely it. have that blind optimism, and then it seems like sometimes you can just be like super hesitant, and just right. like perfectly balances out and. We can sift through a lot of like maybe not so good directions to go with things, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I think in general the way I, I think about things is in a very analytical sort of way. I'm a very analytical and logical thinker, um, which is strange. I don't like that doesn't seem like me, and I didn't realize I thought that way for a long time until I got to college, and maybe taking all this math and physics has kind of like shaped my brain that way a little bit but mm -hmm. I'll definitely be very analytical and logical but also a little bit like free-flowing like I try to just go with the flow and trust the gut as well um, but it seems like you're more of like a creative thinker you know I don't know how do you think of yourself as a thinker well it really depends on, on what it is if it's there's scenarios where I'll tend to pick the like the answer or the path that is like, that will get the job done, but is also like 
somewhat conservative if it's something that needs to get done you know mm, sure. but then if if there's a situation where you know you have to take a risk like some sort of creative project or um uh i don't know a scenario in which like there's really no not there aren't a bunch of people depending on you there's a lot of like freedom um there's a bill there's like a huge upside but not much of a downside then yeah i'll take the like like the creative creative flow approach like sure. like let's just figure this out and make it happen yeah versus the whole planning and etc i don't know yeah. it's hard we should come up with like a a common scenario we could both approach and then talk about how we would each okay like a common everyday sort of thing yeah maybe uh yeah that's it's tough to just come up with something like that yeah but yeah i got Nothing off the dome anyway. How about you? Oh, almost fell. Um, shoot, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think another thing, kind of the way I think, is I'm pretty good at thinking about, like, multiple things at a time, you know? Mm-hmm. Which sometimes can play to my advantage, and other times is like, a big disadvantage. Like, sometimes I'll be thinking about something, and before I can complete the series of thoughts or write something down, I'll be on to the next, and then I kind of lose what I was thinking about previously. Mm-hmm. But if I have to, I can be, like, thinking about many different things at once and also, like, doing different things at once, you know, which isn't really, like, thinking. It's kind of more multitasking. But, yeah, I, I rather enjoy doing multiple things at once. Yeah, maybe this has to do with, like, a... Have you seen those personality... Yeah. The four-letter the four letter like the things. Those, and, yeah. yeah. I don't know, maybe it kind of ties into... I think we definitely have different personality types. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, almost opposite in a lot of ways, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I think that definitely plays into how you think. Yeah, maybe should have come up with a scenario, but... Let's... No, we can think of one. Um, Let's see. Uh, That's not that good of a... That's not that much of a good one. Okay, yeah, let's just make it really simple. Like, say you want to get ice cream and you're traveling, right? You've never been in this place before. It's not like Dairy Queen or Cold Stone. It's like two local little ice cream shops. And one of them is like like local favorite, like people rave about it, it's really good. And then the other one is not like maybe like the favorite in town, but it's kind of like the place that does like wonky stuff, you know? Uh-huh. This isn't really like a decision-making process, but maybe depending on what you choose and like how you decide to choose it that could like allude to kind of how each of us think you know yeah so you've got super popular like people like oh you have to go here but then this other one it's like maybe like really weird you know Mm -hmm. what how are you deciding um and it's not like it's super hot and you like need ice cream but it's like yeah you could go for ice cream it's like mid-afternoon i mean it'll depend on if this one's the, the favorite in town probably has a long line (laughs) okay (laughs) if i don't have that much time yeah honestly like the last thing to me i'm thinking about is predicting which one is better okay interesting because i honestly will like i'm not that picky like it's ice cream cream and if they're both kind of good like whatever so i'll pick one (laughs) i'll pick which one has um i'll pick which one will like fit my needs best at the time i guess okay Maybe cost plays into that. Maybe distance. Maybe how long the line is. If this one is like a super favorite in town, though, like maybe I'll put in an extra effort to go. Okay. But so like very practical. Like what is gonna meet the need best? 
Yeah, because yeah. honestly, like, the ice cream is going to be the ice cream. I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think what I would do is kind of think about if I were to look back in two years on okay. what ice cream I shop I chose, like, which one in two years would I be like, oh, it's so sick that I went there, you mm. know? So I probably would go with, like, the kind of wonky one. But, like, if the local one was, like, super good and, like, everyone was raving about it, then maybe I would, like, also want to have gone there, you know? Like, wow, yeah. that's so cool. I got to eat that, like, really good yeah. ice cream. But, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how I tend to make decisions like that. I mean, it's just, like, where you're getting ice cream doesn't really matter. But What's your thoughts on, like, Google reviews? Oh, I don't think I ever read reviews, yeah. to be honest. I don't even look at, like, how many stars. Or I do, I'm like, oh, four stars. Or I can see, like, oh, three stars, and it's like, whatever. Yeah, you know? I'll do I'll do it every now and then, especially yeah. if I'm somewhere like traveling and I have no idea, and right. one place has like three thousand reviews, five stars, and the other yeah. has like has like something subpar. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. Some people are super against restaurant reviews because it's you either leave one if it was super good <laughs> yeah. or if it was super bad, yeah, yeah, and then you never yeah. get like a true gauge. And also, you can like people have different experiences yeah. everywhere, so. Maybe the atmosphere was great, but the food was all right. But right. this person values the atmosphere equally sure. to the food. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Like going back to the ice cream decision, I think even though I'm like a very analytical thinker, in that situation, I tend to just like go with the gut, you know. See, so that's entirely like when you said you were an analytical thinker, I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen you as an analytical thinker. Like, I feel like you're more of the guy that'll just. Yeah, go with your gut and like yeah. Even the look like look back into your, like oh that was sick that I went to this rundown ice cream shack yeah. instead of going to like, it's like the practical cheap or get better or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but like here's a good example. Like when we're sewing, you know, I get like super obsessed with like the details and like the drawings and stuff, you know. Like I want to know exactly like how it's put together and I want to like draw it out and I want measurements and dimensions and all this stuff. Like, it was weird for me to just start sewing without, like, having done any of that and, like, knowing all of that, you know? Like, that was, like, a lot harder for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I could still do it, but I would definitely prefer to have, like, a really solid plan outlined and then, like, execute it. Mm. So I think analytical in that sense. Yeah, when I'm in a creative flow, I absolutely hate like analytical sure. approach planned approach yeah i mean it's different when you're working with other parties you know then you and you want them to replicate something then sure. you might have to have it dialed in but like if i'm working on something myself i know i can like adjust things to make it work and look good in the end product yeah without going through like a supply chain sort of right. see i just i think that's not really my skill set like I feel like I don't really have that creative flow as much, at least relating to, like, those types of mediums, you know? Yeah. So I always feel like I need a plan. And I do the same thing when I'm writing code, you know? Like, I need to have a plan and, like, look at stuff before I start writing code. Hmm. And I've tried, like, I've tried to do it the other way. And usually I, I have to, like, go back and, like, completely redo a bunch of stuff. Hmm. So I'm, I don't think I'm easily, or I can't as easily just, like, change and like piece things together as I go like I can but I definitely prefer to just have like a, a firm plan not that you like have to execute that exactly but some like a baseline to like stray from and maybe you have that in your head I just like to have it like documented and 
on yeah. paper. I think I definitely have become more of a planner yeah. throughout, like as oh, I've gotten too, older. Oh, me sure, yeah. Because I've realized like you need to, there's certain aspects of, let's say you're going on a vacation, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you can talk about all this like spontaneity and like, oh, I'm just gonna go figure it out. But there are core elements you need. You need a flight, you need a place to stay. Yeah maybe some travel figure like some transportation but that like as long as the core things are there i can totally let it go sure but if those core things aren't there and everyone's like oh yeah we'll figure it out like i'm like we're not gonna figure it out like (laughs) this was just gonna fall through right so taking like a put the skeleton in place yeah and then the rest can be have the free form spontaneity like which i think i don't know i enjoy it that way because some you have some peace of mind but then you're you're able to just be present and like enjoy it yeah. because you're not worrying about how do I how am I gonna do anything? Sure. No, it's Jeff definitely like a way less structured person. Like I remember in high school I took like one of those tests and it was like I don't know four categories and one of them is structure and I had like all or the structure one was like three percent and then the other three were all like equal. Like I just had no like like I just wasn't like a structured guy at all. And I never used to have, like, a calendar, like, a planner to write stuff down. I would just, like, kind of keep track of all this in my head. And I still kind of do that a little bit, but I definitely have, like, way more structure to my life. Like, I try to establish routines and do things at certain times. Um, and I just never used to do that. Like, I would just kind of go with the flow. Like, be sitting there one night and then be, just decide, oh, I should knock this homework out. But now it's like, all right, I'm going to do that Thursday, this Friday. Like, it's interesting how that changes. Um, and I think another thing... I kind of forgot to mention about how I think, and this doesn't, like, it's not applicable all the time, but I'm super geographical, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, if anytime <laughs> anyone mentions, like, a place or, like, a rest, like, any place, like, I'll immediately be thinking about where it is in relation to, like, mm. other stuff I know, mm. um, which is super nice. I, I didn't really realize I thought like that until, like, a year ago. No, it's honestly but. incredible because we'll drive somewhere that, we've maybe gone once yeah and you like <laughs> will know this thing like the back of your hand i'm like i have absolutely no idea it's i would so have been weird. on like google maps figuring this out yeah but it seems like you just do it subconsciously almost like yeah it's really strange i just really like to tie like anything like memories people occurrences to a place where it happened or like somewhere near it happened you know, like I remember what hotel I stayed at when I moved with my family four years ago. Like why, I don't know, I mm-hmm. just do. And I know exactly where it is and I know it's down the street. It's, yeah, it's just like a way of like orienting myself. Yeah, cause we could even be in like the middle of nowhere and you'll just start yeah. driving and like take a turn <laughs> here and there and then we'll end up like where right. we need to be. I'm like, wow. Well, I, I also love maps. Like sometimes I'll be sitting in the bathroom just like scrolling around Apple Maps. like. In Africa, because I just want to like see where certain rivers and mountains are, and like what country they're near. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I didn't it's know like, that. It's just like a form of entertainment, I guess. Did but, you ever play GeoGuessr? No, is that where it shows you country and? You it'll it'll drop you in Street View somewhere oh, yeah, in the world, and then you have to that guess where fun. it is. Oh, it's so fun. That sounds sick. Yeah, I remember as a kid, like, I was, I would always be so confused. You hear about people, like, getting lost in the woods, and I was like, how do you get lost? Like, just go back where you came from. Like, I don't know. And I could, like, I totally get why people get lost, but, yeah, I don't know. Anything else to add? I don't think so. I think that was good. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was, that was a fun one. <laughs> good idea. Okay, so this is something um, someone from the comments brought up, 
And this is a really interesting thing to think about. But the question is, would a caveman be able to adjust to today's society? Um, it's such a crazy question. I think it's it, awesome. yeah, it's phrased kind of weird because could they, like society, could they adjust to the society? Just like if, if a caveman was plopped like down in downtown Boulder right now, how, how, how would it go? I don't think it'd go very well, to be honest. Okay. I think if they were plopped where we are right now, they'd, they'd be better off than getting plopped in the middle of the city. Okay. I don't know. It's, how are we defining a caveman? Like a, like, like a primate? No, like a, a prehistoric man. Um, a caveman. A Neanderthal. I don't yeah, know. That's yeah. not the point. <laughs> Someone who would not have any idea what that is gets dropped today. God, I'd pray for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, what if they're stoked? Like, I, I tend to agree with you. I think they're not. I mean, they, what if they're like so excited? Dude, if they got a warm meal at a restaurant and then got put <laughs> in a hotel room, they'd probably be stoked. Like, I think Maybe. humans. I don't know. But like, humans desire, not okay. Not everyone desires comfort, but like the basic biological comforts. And when you just gift a, sure, yeah. when you just gift a human with all these things, yeah. like, they're gonna be like, especially if, okay, I don't know how much, how different our neurological ability is than a caveman, but probably pretty different. If you just check all the boxes for food, somewhere to sleep, warm, water, and then throw in like some simple entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. give him a TV, you know. Um, I don't know. I, what about like long term? Like, say it's been a year. Like they've been in the city for a year. Yeah. I'm sure they could. They could adjust. I think. I don't know about interpersonally, but. Sure. I don't know. Like, could they get a job? I don't know. It's like I'm thinking right now of when you release fish <laughs> into a new body of water. You have to like sometimes let them acclimate to the oh, water yeah, temperature. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to put that guy in a plastic bubble or like hamster wheel or something. But you know what I'm saying? Like that would just be such a shock. Dude, I reversed it on the guy in the question. I was like, do you think humans now could yeah, adjust to... Yeah, I was thinking about that too. No, not a chance. Yeah. Not a chance. Yeah. Some could for sure, but just like the average human, no way. After having like electricity and running water and hot water and all these amenities that... yeah are not People take actually the, basic needs, yeah. you know, not for a prehistoric man, anyway. Have you seen those videos of, there's a couple guys that will basically go in their truck and swear to not eat anything they don't catch or forage, oh, forage yeah, for yeah. or right. fish for like a week. And if they don't catch anything, they go starving. Like That's so cool. I've thought about doing that like with a fishing pole in the mountains. It'd be pretty, like, I'm not a good enough fisherman. <laughs> it'd be a rude awakening. Yeah. <laughs> like if you don't make if you don't get anything, you're either eating grass, berries, or nothing. Or nothing. <laughs> like Or bark. That would be that would be a pretty humbling experience to be eating bark. Yeah. Might clean your teeth or something. I don't know. Yeah, some weird benefit. You might have like a strong jaw. Oh definitely. Yeah. Develop that jawline. Yeah, my answer to the question, just to summarize, I do not think a caveman could adjust, could adjust to life in modern day society. And that's assuming that the caveman would not be joyful. I think you'd have a depressed caveman after a while. So that's you're defining their adjustment as being joyful in society? 
I guess so, yeah. I think they could survive. I don't think they would... I think they would prefer the old way, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think I agree with that. But... Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of adjust as just, like, live. Like, make it suffice. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean... <laughs> who? I mean, who knows? It's like we were talking about, like, life back in the day when you... Sure, there were a lot of problems and concerns and maybe more, like, life-threatening survival things you had to think about. Right. But now we have micro-problems and things to worry about. That have, like, arisen because we live in society. Right. You know? So I think the caveman would just be overwhelmed and honestly yeah, would be like... the caveman trying to pay taxes. <laughs> like, imagine the IRS showing up at the caveman's cave he found just outside of town <laughs> saying he needs to pay. First of all, he doesn't own the property. <laughs> like, imagine him just, like, trying to, like, conceptualize <laughs> He'd just take his so big-ass club and just conk him yeah, out. Right, right to the IRS's forehead. We could try it. There's got to be like some frozen. Oh, they're definitely are frozen cavemen, but oh, you want to thaw one out? Well, I'm pretty sure they're dead. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I saw this uh, article about a lady who was walking home back in the day in negative 22 degree, froze, and then they thawed her out. Like days later, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's been thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if only. Okay, you wanna do yours? Yeah. I guess this is from another comment. How do you try to live in the moment and live in the now and be present while also not stagnating and becoming complacent with the way your life is? Yeah, great question. I think living in the moment to me means enjoying the present while it's there. And that doesn't mean you're not working on self-improvement or you don't have goals, you know? To me, it means while you're working towards those goals, you're still enjoying the present moment. You're not completely looking forward to the future and waiting for that to come and just hoping that kind of happens. But you're also in the moment, enjoying what's happening around you now as you're heading that direction. That's kind of what it means to me. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like they're two kind of separate things. Um, what they're kind of getting at is when you're in a really good spot in life and you're very content, how do you keep kind of like progress going you know mm -hmm. whether that's self-improvement or like remain excited about things keep some adventure in life um because yeah when life's going really well like why change it you know yeah so that that's yeah i don't know what are your thoughts on that yeah um i thought about this a little bit because um i saw this i don't know what it was it was like a graphic or something about business and founders and all this but it was comparing someone in a crappy job situation mm -hmm. who wasn't making enough money to support himself or support whoever he had to support. Um, and then there was a guy in a, in a situation that was sufficient that maybe he wasn't so happy with, but it, he, it paid the bills, it was all right. He didn't like it that much, but it did the job. Okay. But it was almost preferable to be in the situation of the guy who in be in the situation um of the guy who was in the worst crappier job situation because it forced him to change sure yeah exactly he had so much more of a of a ceiling and opportunity in front of him than this right. guy who was complacent and okay with where he was who was just kind of floating through life like sure 
it was basically explaining like it's preferable to be in a, this a less advantageous position because you have this so much ability to just skyrocket yeah and and you are forced to skyrocket because you're not you're not fulfilling any of your needs um right. it's an interesting way to think about it but it's i know a lot of people who are i don't want to say no a lot of people but a decent amount of people who are kind of just like eh, like life's True. good and it's just i'm doing it like not too much going yeah. on um but i'm wondering like if they started out in a situation where maybe they didn't have so much and they had to work for a lot of stuff maybe they would have more drive to yeah make things happen i also think it's fair to argue that there are points in life where you're happy you're content you know there's nothing wrong with that yeah if you've got something good going and you you're in a great spot that you wanted to be in for a while you don't have to go on to something better, you know. I think you can get to a place in life where where you're content. I mean, life's never perfect. I'm not trying to say that, but I think you can be pretty happy with your situation. Yeah. And I don't think you have to be constantly pushing to improve and get better and have more. Um, but, yeah, my answer, I guess if someone is kind of at a place in life where they're, they're pretty solid, they're doing good, they're happy, but they just feel like they're not going anywhere, if you feel like that then maybe like a new goal is what you need. Mm -hmm. And I think if I were in that position, I would kind of start exploring and trying new things, you know, try to open up avenues that way. Um, or if you have an avenue in mind and, and you want to do it, go for it. Yeah, I mean, if there's like, if there's never a point in life where, where you're happy, like, what are you, what are you doing it for, you know? Yeah. And that's a whole other complicated philosophical talk, but. Yeah, I think it's important to recognize that it's okay for people to be happy and I, I feel like there's such a stigmatization of like the corporate job and yeah. working a nine to five. But it's like, if someone's enjoying it, they have a nice family, a nice life and they're, they're happy, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think one interesting thing to think about though is these people were given an opportunity to, to if these people were ever given an opportunity to dream yeah right and the scope of someone's mindset sure like were they ever thinking about were they, were they did they ever were they ever given an opportunity to think about the whole spectrum of um paths they could take in their life or was were they always told you have to do this you have to do this right or did they convince themselves they always had to do this or maybe they convinced themselves i'm not capable of any of that you know, right yeah when they were mm -hmm. yeah that's really interesting to think about too but yeah, if you feel like you're kind of stagnant in life, I think my answer anyway would be to meet new people, try new things, go new places, you know, try to switch some things up and see. Because I guess if I wasn't super stoked about where I was, it's probably like I'm, I might not be, not be doing the right thing, you know. And I would probably try to branch out and explore some other things, see what else is out there. And I think meeting new people is such a huge Dude, part of that. Yeah. Like, just being around other people who think differently than you or have different experiences than you is so valuable. And a lot of times you don't even realize, you know, but we're very largely shaped by the people we spend time around. Yeah. And I think it, that also has to do with the type of person you, the type of person you come forward as and the type of person you are, sure. because you're almost a reflection of all these relationships. Um, and moving to, 
a new environment where maybe you have no relationships, you have an opportunity to kind of reset and like yeah. be the person you want to be. None of these people you're talking to there have any preconceived notions of who you are, what you've done. Right. You clean slate. Like you can be the most confident person they've yeah, ever seen. That's true. I mean, you could do that anyway, but like an ability to just drop in a new place. I don't know. Meet a whole bunch of new people. Start a whole another opportunity. It's almost like a reset to life. Yeah. Yeah. Keep dreaming. Yeah. Seriously. Honestly, it's <laughs> like it's a cat poster, but and then do it. Go for it. Who cares if it might not work? Cool. Okay. Let's see. Anything else to add? I think that's all I can say. Yeah. All I have to say anyway. It's pretty good. Um. Let's see. Okay. Last question. This is another one from, from a viewer, really interesting one. Um, you've heard this term kind of thrown a lot, thrown around a lot the last five years or so. But the question is, can you actually manifest anything into existence? And manifestation being kind of thinking in your head it'll happen, thinking it'll happen, keep doing that, keep thinking about it, and it happens. What are your thoughts on that? Um, the act of actually manifesting something, I don't think I believe in so much. Mm -hmm. now, I've seen like a bunch of people in the kind of design art world, like do it or like claim they've done it. But I think what it is, is more of a reflection of your mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm manifesting this in my head and then it becomes reality because... I see the vision and I know what it takes to get there. Sure. I don't think it's like I'm manifesting this into existence. It's I'm manifesting it into my head, which is manifesting that into action, which is manifesting it into the world. Yeah. Um, but I think that's an extremely valuable process. Yeah, I, I think I completely agree. I keep thinking of this term. My dad used to tell us when we were kids, it was just self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think back to baseball, going up to the plate, if you're thinking, oh, I'm not gonna, hit, I'm not gonna get a hit, I'm not gonna get a hit, I'm gonna strike out. You're probably gonna strike out. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because what's going on in your mind is affecting your actions, your body language, how your confidence, all of it, like exactly like you said. So I think in that sense, you kind of can like manifest things a little bit, you know, by thinking positively about things in your head. But you can't just do that. Yeah. You know, you have to do the necessary work as well. But. Um, now I'm thinking about, you know, just, I don't know if it's like a joke or what, but like just driving around, it's like, oh, I hope it doesn't rain. And someone's like, oh, we need to manifest it doesn't rain. <laughs> like, I don't know what I think about that. Yeah. It's almost, have <laughs> yeah, you heard of like neurohacking or like brain no. hacking, like tricking your brain into, uh, and really. I think that kind of goes along with this a little bit. I think I, I overthink too, things too much to like be able to just convince myself of something. Yeah. But if you're able to convince yourself, yourself of something so absurd and impossible to the point where you can actually do it, I think that would be like incredible. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. But again, that's like still to do with your own actions, you know? Yeah. Like trying to manifest that it, like if I wanted to say right now, I'm going to manifest that it doesn't rain and like try to do it in my head. Would that actually do anything? I don't know. Maybe. It's like, is there a placebo at the universe, you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who are we to say? <laughs> I'm going to guess 
Yeah, I'm gonna guess like a hard maybe. That's that's how I feel. Hard maybe. <laughs> yeah, how do you think these people like Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, how do you think they conceptualize these visions and bring them to reality? That's almost like manifestation in itself, but I don't yeah. like at that scope and with all these hundreds if not thousands of people telling them they can't do it, telling telling them it'd be an impossible vision. I think there's probably a bunch of ingredients. I think one of the most important ones is they just don't care, you know? Yeah. Like, do you think Steve Jobs cared that people thought the Mac was a failure? No, like he didn't care, you know? He didn't think that for a second. And he certainly didn't care that people were saying it. So I think that's really important, like knowing that what people are saying isn't necessarily always fact. And then also just, whatever you want to call it, hard work, determination, grit, they're just making it happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And being so determined to do that that you're just following through on everything. And you don't care if it doesn't work or not, but you're gonna do everything you can to make it work. I think that's kind of it in a, in a nutshell. It's a gift. I mean, those people, are, those are brilliant people you mentioned. Whoa, that was a good one. Did you hear that? Yeah. All right, anything else to add? I was gonna ask about uh, intuition, trusting your gut versus other people's opinions, or I was gonna ask you about religion, but I don't, oh, know, dang. <laughs> I don't know if we should unpack religion. Yeah, we might, we might have to save that for the next episode. A little, uh, little teaser. Okay, then yeah. let's maybe do intuition. Intuition? All right, so like, what was it? Yeah, so how do you balance intuition and trusting your gut versus taking others' advice and opinions? Uh, depends on the situation and how experienced I am with it. Depends on the person giving the advice. Um, but I think largely it depends on my own experience, you know. Mm -hmm. If I'm climbing, if I'm about to climb a route that's like maybe above my comfort zone and someone who I trust and who is an experienced climber is like, eh, you might not quite be ready for that. It's like, yeah, like I'm gonna probably listen to that person, you know. But if it's something closer that I know is within my ability and like a little bit outside of my comfort zone, and I trust that and I know that for sure, then I'm way more likely to ignore that person, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. It's, and that, in order to do that, I think you have to be very familiar with yourself and your abilities or whatever it is that you're receiving advice on. Really just trusting the gut. Usually you can kind of tell when someone's not quite right, you know. And then, then there's the, the opposite where someone's like, oh, go for it, go for it. And your gut's like, no, like that's, that's not it. Then, oh, I always trust my gut, you know. Do you think the Titanic submarine guy trusted his gut? Maybe, I don't know what happened down there, but I bet he thought nothing was gonna go wrong when, he, when they submerged, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, that's just an example I thought because there are Right. Tons of people telling him this is not ready to go. I mean, yeah, in that case, I'm sure he thought nothing was going to happen. And he's I like, don't know why oh, he'd do it if he didn't think that. Right. But oh, it'd be a suicide mission. But yeah, I mean, sometimes you trust your gut and you're wrong. Sometimes you listen to someone else and you're wrong. It's, yeah. That's the, the whole dilemma of the decision making process. But yeah, it just really depends on the experience I have and the other person has. And what's really interesting is when there's no one else giving advice involved, you know? Yeah. If I'm trying to make a decision on my own and it's just my, me and my gut, that's, I think that's where things get really interesting, you know? 
I think that's probably a really important trait in, I would think in like CEOs and founders almost. Mm -hmm. It's like having that ability to trust your gut and go with it with confidence, right. even if you don't have experience in it. Like, Yeah, definitely. I'll sleep on it. And then you somehow like just come, <laughs> it just comes to you. Yeah, no, that is crazy. <laughs> Are you like really, really conflicted and then time passes or yeah. something happens and then it's so clear it's like time provides all answers yeah you just gotta sit stew with it that's what i have to do anyway i think probably some people have different like approaches and stuff like that happens you know but yeah i mean you can have bad gut feelings too i think like inaccurate or like i, yeah, I like i'm straying from this no like inaccurate oh okay <laughs> or your gut's like lying check out you. your like you're like yes this is a good yeah, idea and, yeah. and it's not you know that also probably has to do I think with common that's sense. What, like. Right. And I think experience, like, trains your gut, you know? Yeah. No, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Like, can yeah. you calibrate it? No, you, yeah, you absolutely can. Yeah. I think you can train your gut, which is really cool. Yeah, it's really, it's really fun. And I've had this, like, particularly in outdoor sports, but, like, like, learning to raft, especially, like, at first I just had, like, no concept of what was and wasn't like a good decision like to take certain lines on certain rapids and then like now I go on the river and I'm like yep that's a bad idea or like this is the way to go and it's just like way clearer all right so for next time we got religion <laughs> it's gonna be a four-hour special <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, no that'll be a good one should we conclude yeah all right well that was the first official full episode uh, we'll see how it comes out. We might adjust the format a little bit going forward, but thank you guys for tuning in. And, yeah, we'll see you next week with religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you've got any comments or things you think might be cool to change or future topics, let us know. Leave them yeah. down below. Sweet.